0: Hello, you're listening to Eve, Where Are You?, a show designed to confront toxic practices against women in the church. I'm your host, Dr. Nicole Davis, conflict coach and resolutionist. just wanted to come on and have a quick conversation about the coronavirus, the impact that it's having on women, women leaders who are effectively dealing with it, and by way of just reminders, offer a few tips on how we as women can stay ready to effectively accomplish all the responsibilities, the myriad of responsibilities that we have. Now, when we think of women's involvement in this pandemic, we most often hear about those who are on the front lines, right? Our medical workers, our nurses, right? Those who are taking care of people, education workers, our teachers, and then of course, social workers, those who are providing the various services for people. But what I came across is an article in Bloomberg Business Week, uh, and it's entitled Women Are Bearing the Brunt of Coronavirus. Now, of course, we've We may have known that subconsciously, but we really, I don't think, at least for me, I wasn't thinking about who's doing the most. But when I came across these articles, I was like, wow, this continues to speak to the importance and the significance of women in everyday life. So let me just share a little bit of what I found. So the article is entitled, Women Are Bearing the Brunt of Coronavirus Disruption, and the subtitle is, While the illness hits men harder, women are on the front lines at work and at home. Now, you just think about the women you know. You think about the scenarios you're familiar with. And you probably can raise your hand and say, Yep, I, yep, that's right. Think about the women that you know and what they're doing. So here's a snippet from that, this piece, this article that I found. It says, The vast majority of nurses. Flight attendants, teachers, and service industry workers are female, and their jobs put them on the front lines of the outbreak. At home, women still do more caretaking, so when the virus closes schools, restricts travel, and puts aged relatives at risk, they have more to do. The challenge of the emergency really puts additional strain on existing inequalities, says Laura Adati, a policy specialist in women and economic empowerment for the International Labor Organization. If there's not already an egalitarian sharing of childcare or housework, it will be women who are responsible for remote school, for ensuring there's food and supplies, for coping with this crisis. Eight out of ten nurses are women. Perhaps the most extreme example of how this crisis squeezes women at home and at work. And when I saw that, I said, oh my goodness. Women, yet again, we are showing our superhero power. Because as I can just imagine, around households all over the world, women jumped into action. Didn't think anything about it. We just do what is necessary to do. So then there was another article that I came across, and it is uh, the Society for Women's Health Research. And here's what I got from that. It says, men appear to be at increased risk of dying from COVID-19. But in many other ways, women may be hardest hit by the pandemic. For example, Women make up the majority of essential workers, including 77% of healthcare workers. And they also tend to do much of the unpaid caregiving and domestic work at home, which is currently amplified with children home from school due to social distancing. And here's another big piece. In general, African American, Hispanic, and Native American communities tend to have higher rates of pre-existing conditions that are associated with increased risk for COVID-19, such as heart disease, asthma, and diabetes, and lower rates of health insurance. I'm just going to let that sit for a moment. Women, there is so much that we need to think about as we are just living our day-to-day lives some of us are probably already in autopilot because it just gets to be too much. I mean, you wake up and you just start moving robotically into accomplishing all the things that we have to do. I just want to snap you back for into reality, like to be present and to be thinking and making wise choices about how we're going to do this, like being very intentional about how to do this so that there are no casualties as a result of this. Like when this is over, you're still standing. You're still in your right mind. You're still able to pursue dreams and your goals. But this is a moment I just want us to reflect on really what we see. However, this is not all of it because there are also women who are making major decisions because they're helping either to run a country or they're responsible for fully running countries. And, you know, we're right now kind of myopic because we're just dealing with me and mine. But from a global perspective, women everywhere are finding themselves faced with the same dilemmas about how to do this, how to keep doing this, whatever the this is, and how to do it effectively. But I just want to encourage you a little bit by pointing out these women who are doing it at the highest levels. So many of you are already familiar with Dr. Deborah Birx, right? I think so. She's the White House Coronavirus Response Coordinator. She comes on um, a lot of times with Dr. Anthony Fauci, and you may remember that name. Because they give the briefs or the debriefs of various things involving the coronavirus. Well, Dr. Deborah Birx, before coming to the White House, she was the U.S. Global AIDS Coordinator and Special Representative for Global Health Diplomacy at the State Department. She is very well respected as a global health leader, and she has worked in the government for a number of years for both the Republican and Democratic administrations. So why is that important? Because she's a woman. She's a woman, and she's doing it at a high level. And so I don't know what her family situation is. I don't know if she's married or if she has children. Um, But if she does... This is just another responsibility that she has. And she does it with such style and grace. You see the scars that she wears? Anyway, I digress. So I came across an article in the New York Times that I found rather interesting. And this one is entitled, Why are women-led nations doing better with COVID-19? And I was like, huh? So there are nations being led by women and they are doing very well. And I just wanna highlight the ones that were highlighted in the article. So there's Prime Minister Jacinda Arden of New Zealand. She's recognized, and you can find her. You can do a Google search on her. She's recognized for her leadership style and that, um, and her way of dealing with fighting this virus and she her country they have very few cases I think they're dealing with a little more now but so are we globally like you see a rise in the number of coronavirus cases but then there was uh, also Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany and she was recognized for her country having a lower death rate below that of other European countries and these are things like we're just we're not hearing about these these are women women-led countries. Then there's Prime Minister Sanna Marin of Finland. She is the youngest ever to be the Prime Minister there. And she leads a coalition of government leaders who are primarily women. So out of the five political leaders that are under her, four of them are women. And they're all under the age of 35. She is recognized for having a lower percentage of corona deaths than nearby Sweden that is not led by a woman. And then there is President Tsai Ing-wen of Taiwan. She's leading one of the most successful responses and containment of the viruses. And she did this, catch this, without resorting to a complete shutdown. And we know shutdown. Social distancing, contact tracing, mask wearing, like those are the go to ways to address this. And this woman, Sai Ying Wen, found other ways to do that. So I just thought it was really interesting that there's a subset of women who are doing this. And I, when I say this, I'm saying dealing with this virus, dealing with this crisis, dealing with this pandemic at a high level. And so at times when we are feeling like I just can't do this anymore, I just, this is too much, I just want you to draw some strength in knowing that not only are women doing it all over the world, but they're doing it at high levels. And there have got to be at least some key things we need to keep in mind as we continue to think about. You know, the goals and aspirations that we have that we will get back to pursuing once this is in a more manageable state and the things and schooling, whatever it is that you may have had to put on hold, you will get a chance to get back to that. But in the meantime, you've got to preserve yourself. And so just as a segue, um, I just want us to talk a little bit about self-care because this is what I was thinking about. You know, because we are women and because of the way God made us, we're going to take care of whatever responsibilities we have. And it has almost become like this badge of honor that we do it by any means necessary, which also means dereliction of duty in caring for ourselves. And although that sounds great, it's just not smart. It's just not smart. So just a few practical tips. And the thing about these tips is they're probably things that you definitely already know. But we don't always do what we know. And so I just want to bring you back, like pressing the pause button, to have you think about these things that you need to pick up again because you already know they're the right things to do. The first one would be better eating choices. I don't know what you're grabbing quickly. But if it's not a piece of fruit, vegetables, some mixed nuts, um, something that is nutritional, then rethink what that thing is that you're grabbing. Be intentional about your list, your grocery list, the things that you're getting uh, to fuel you so that you can keep going. We need to exercise. You may have a job that's running around, but your mind is not focused on you. You're focused outward. And when you exercise, you need to be present and you need to be focusing on what you're doing, whatever body movement you're doing so that all energy can go to that area. So exercising, if you're not exercising, and I'm saying start with 10 minutes, 10 minutes of just focused energy on you and on your body and on your well-being. 10 minutes, just start there. The other thing would be downtime meaning me time or you're doing absolutely nothing getting centered becoming present getting yourself ready for whatever the next thing is that you have to do but you need to take time to just get yourself regulated for whatever that next thing is and that comes with quiet like just being quiet somewhere Thinking about what's next, what you, how you're feeling, what you need, uh, how best to do that next thing so that it's uh, it it goes a you know in the way that you need it to for whatever it is. But getting quiet and getting by yourself to do that. The very next thing, and this may be one of the most important things you can do, is asking for help. We need help. I know we feel like we can do it all because we normally do, but in this particular case, when we don't know what where the end is, like we're just moving along without an understanding of really what we're dealing with or for how long we're gonna deal with it, you need to ask for help. In the past, we've been able to go to family members, but for geographical reasons or because family members are also busy, That's not the easy go-to anymore. You're going to have to reach out beyond family and get the assistance you need just to be able to care for yourself. It's going to be very critical. Let this be a warning to you or let this be the tap on your shoulder that you need to do that. Now, if you are a parent, which many of you may be, I know that your workload has tripled. You have your job. You have your homeschooling responsibilities. Who signed up for that? I, no one signed up to be a teacher at home. No one did. But it's a great opportunity to be with your kids, to be with your children. And I'll probably talk about that in another episode. You got that and your household responsibilities. All of which are constants. I know we can do it all. There's no question about that. But we have to do it in a wise way. We just have to be wise about how we do it and what that's going to take for the long haul. So over you know, the next few weeks, I'll share more on these things um, because I want to support you in, in doing these things well and not losing yourself in the process. So that's it. So until next time, remember... You are beautifully and wonderfully made in the image of God. There are no limits to what you are capable of, so don't accept any. It's been my pleasure to spend this time with you. And please, please take care of yourselves. If you have a topic you would like to hear discussed, please submit them at EveWhereAreYou.com or for church leaders in need of assistance in addressing these types of matters, please contact me by going to my website to submit a request for consultation. To stay connected, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Nicole Davis 1 and Instagram at Eve Where Are You. Now with that said, let's go be a positive force and lift up every woman everywhere. Thank you for listening.